Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Wolverhampton Wanderers programme. In this instalment we look ahead to the arrival of Tottenham Hotspur to Molyneux. Coming up in the programme we'll hear from the skipper Connor Cody and get an in-depth look at today's visitors from North London. As it's our final home fixture and programme of 2020, we'll take a look back at a year none of us will forget in a hurry. Connor Cody plays fantasy football and Adlin Gediora guides us through his golden game. Once again we'll have the 11 versus 11 quiz and Wolves legend John Richards is the provider of this issue's greatest Wolves 11. Welcome to the Wolverhampton Wanderers programme, Wolves versus Spurs. The skipper, Connor Cody. Connor writes, being back at home at Molyneux for games against Chelsea and Tottenham is a fantastic opportunity for us as players to test ourselves and represent Wolves with pride. One big disappointment is the fact that Wolves are still in Tier 3, so we can't experience our home crowd yet. We had the opportunity to play in front of supporters at Anfield, but it's not the same as having our own at Molyneux. We know what they bring and what they do for us, so the quicker we can get our supporters back, the better it is for everyone involved at the football club. Nonetheless, it's a massive game against a team that are doing really well this year and we can't wait to test ourselves. This is my first opportunity to mention Raul in writing following the incident at Arsenal last month. One thing I can say is everybody's taking it really slow to make sure, first and foremost, that he's healthy and well. We wanted him to get back home to his family, to Daniela, to the baby and dogs as quickly as possible because that's where you want him to be, at home and comfortable. We're just praying everything's going to be alright because he's a huge miss for us in games but also for the football club, for the supporters, for the staff. He's not just a teammate or colleague, he's a really good friend of everybody. We've been speaking to him on group chats and we keep in touch with the doctor. He's fantastic and he's keeping us in the loop with how Raoul's doing on a daily basis because he knows we're all worried and anxious about him. We're in contact as much as we can be and he's chatting away which is a really positive sign and we're here for him every step of the way. This time of year Christmas visits are always important and this year even more so. All the lads have been making appearances via Zoom, putting a smile on people's faces, and we genuinely enjoy doing it. It's important we do these things around Christmas, and all year round, if I'm honest. If there's a chance for us to help people, we will, because the world we're living in at the minute, people are obviously finding it tough, especially at Christmas. Finally, from everybody at the club, the staff, the players, I'd like to wish everyone a safe and happy Christmas. Connor Cody. The past 12 months has been a roller coaster ride of emotions, and that's not even taking football or wolves into consideration. One of the most unusual, unexpected, and astonishing years in history, 2020 has been a year which will forever be remembered for the COVID 19 pandemic, which brought the entire world to a halt. But for those of a golden black persuasion, it will also be fondly looked upon as one of the more significant periods in the club's 143-year existence. This is Wolves 2020, an extraordinary year in focus. January. To say Wolves went into 2020 with a positive outlook would be the understatement of the century. 
In two and a half seasons under Nuno Espirito Santo, the old gold had gone from being a club who were loitering around the middle of the championship table to one who were competing to become a force of European football. The previous year had ended with a stunning 3-2 fight-back win over Manchester City before a defeat by the narrowest of margins to eventual league champions Liverpool, but hopes were still high for Nuno's men to better what they had done the season before in finishing 7th in the Premier League and qualifying for the Europa League. By the time January came around, Wolves had already booked their place in the competition's round of 32 with a two-legged tie against Spanish outfit Espanyol on the horizon. But with that game not due to be played until February, it was all eyes on the Premier League and a push to gain places on those hunting down a European spot. Although a New Year's Day defeat to Watford saw Wolves stumble, they soon turned their fortunes around. Wolves were 2-0 down to Southampton at half-time at St Mary's, but so often with this team, as soon as the alarm bells ring, they are immediately answered in emphatic style, and a magnificent second-half comeback ensued thanks to goals from Pedro Neto and a Raul Jimenez brace. Another narrow defeat to Liverpool rounded off a month which also featured two quick-fire ties against Manchester United in the third round of the FA Cup, but it was not to be a repeat of 2018-19 as Juan Mata notched the only goal of the game in the replay at Old Trafford after the scores weren't troubled at Molyneux to see Wolves' journey in the competition come to an end at the first hurdle. February Having allowed the floodgates to be opened at the back during January, with Wolves conceding seven goals in four matches, it was the defensive stability that the side focused on throughout February. That work helped Wolves to not concede a single goal in their trio of Premier League fixtures in the month, with goalless draws in the third instalment of a growing rivalry with Manchester United, and the same result in a Valentine's Day clash with Leicester City. The goalless draw was the identical outcome Wolves managed against the Foxes on the season's opening day, including a similar VAR controversy to boot, as Willie Bolly's header was ruled out after Neto was judged offside in the build-up. Having gone successive games without scoring, Wolves returned to the goal charts in some style towards the end of the month, dispatching Norwich 3-0 in the league on the back of a 4-0 victory against Espanyol, in which Diogo Jota bagged his second successive Europa League hat-trick. The second leg of the round of 32 tie thus became something of a procession, and a 3-2 defeat to the La Liga side did nothing to dent more significant progress as Wolves moved deep into the competition. March March was the month when football, and indeed the world as a whole, came to a standstill as the COVID-19 global pandemic took hold. Wolves played two games in the Premier League prior to the season being delayed, and the first was a particular cracker. Heading to face Tottenham Hotspur, who they had overcome at Wembley in the corresponding fixtures of the previous season, twice Wolves fell behind, and twice they hit back to equalise through Matt Doherty and Diego Jota. And then it was that man Jimenez once again, clinically dispatching the winner 17 minutes from time. Wolves couldn't follow up with a win at home to a stubborn Brighton side who held on for a goalless draw before the final game before lockdown, the first leg of the Europa League last 16 tie away in Olympiakos. The game was played behind closed doors due to the pandemic beginning to take its effect across the continent, and the halting of the Premier League was announced not long after full-time, by which point Wolves had secured a 1-1 draw against their 10-men opponents, thanks to Neto's second-half goal. April and May With the world on lockdown and football suspended indefinitely, attention at the club instead turned off the pitch and to the work that was carried out across the local community to support the frontline workers and those who were suffering due to the outbreak of the virus. 
Wolves worked closely with the City Council and the NHS Trust to provide vital funds and equipment to protect those who were going above and beyond to fight the spread of coronavirus head-on. Without live football, supporters and players were doing whatever they could to keep entertained during lockdown, with many online esports events created to bring some sort of entertainment to the masses. With one of these competitions, the inaugural E-Premier League Invitational, even being won by Wolves as Diogo Jota transferred his on-pitch skills to FIFA 20. But in May, the news came through that football fans were so eager to hear. The Premier League was set to return the following month, and teams were once again allowed to train, initially individually, before moving to small groups, as regular Covid testing and socially distanced protocols became the new normal. June June saw live football return once again, but not as we knew it, as Wolves travelled to West Ham in a behind-closed-doors fixture some 100 days after their Europa League trip to Olympiakos. Despite that lengthy absence, and despite missing the normal and raucous travelling support, Wolves were straight back to their best against the Hammers, Jimenez heading home across from Adama Traore before Neto almost burst the net with a sweetly struck volley. The rearranged games were coming thick and fast for the Premier League restart, three in eight days, but Wolves seemed to revel in the schedule, particularly with the defence looking solid and well organised. Next up came the visit of Bournemouth to Molyneux, Jimenez heading home Traore's cross on the hour mark, before the month finished with the return of the Midlands derby and a trip to Villa Park. Again it was nil-nil at half-time and again Wolves kept a clean sheet, their seventh in eight league games, and this time it was the reliably versatile Leander Dendonka who popped up with a neat second-half finish to seal the win. July just the six games in 23 days took place in July to finish off the most extraordinary of seasons, and Wolves were buoyed by their three consecutive wins since the restart, with genuine aspirations of making the top four and the Champions League spot. Unfortunately, back-to-back defeats in very different circumstances at the start of the month were to make that dream almost impossible. Wolves found Arsenal too difficult in opposition at Molyneux in falling to a 2-0 defeat, but had ground out what appeared to be a decent point at Sheffield United, only for the Blades to notch the latest of winners. Nuno's side, as ever, responded well with successive and comfortable home wins against Everton and Crystal Palace, but another cruel blow was sandwiched in between, with a controversial late penalty for Burnley, allowing the Clarets to snatch a 1-1 draw at Turf Moor. That left Wolves needing a win at Chelsea on the final day to guarantee 6th position and the Europa League spot, but the hosts proved a step too far, leaving the squad posting a very impressive, successive 7th place to finish. August August usually signals the start of the new season, but not this year. For many sides, August was their month to rest ahead of the 2020-21 season's beginning in September, but Nuno's men still had a European dream to play for. Delayed by the pandemic, the Europa League was to be played out to its conclusion, starting with the second leg at home to Olympiakos, a mere 147 days after the 1-1 draw behind closed doors in Greece. Jimenez's early penalty, coupled with some fine defending and a couple of vital saves from Rui Patricio, proved to be sufficient to take Wolves through to the quarter-finals. The last eight onwards was played on a knockout basis in Germany, and this is where it got particularly serious, with Wolves facing five times winners Sevilla. The award of an early penalty looked to have given Wolves an early boost, but agonisingly, and so rarely, Jimenez saw his efforts saved, and after a tense contest which the Spanish side largely controlled, they struck a cruel blow with the winning goal just two minutes from time, 
Wolves' first European season in 40 years, which had taken in 17 Europa League fixtures and indeed an incredible 2019-20 season as a whole, had finally come to an end, following 59 games played across 383 days in 10 different countries. September just a month after their defeat to eventual Europa League champion Sevilla, Wolves' 2020-21 season got underway in Sheffield. A 1-0 loss to the Blades in July, in which Wolves had sacrificed a point which could have seen them snatch a European spot, was quickly forgotten about as Nuno's men made a lightning start to the new campaign. It took just six minutes for Wolves to take a two-goal lead at Bramall Lane, with Jimenez and Roman Saiz getting on the score sheet, and despite being without Jota and Doherty following their summer moves to Liverpool and Spurs respectively, it was an almighty start to the season for Wolves, and many were asking whether this could be the Golden Blacks' year to finally make that break into the top six. But supporters were quickly brought back down to earth, as Wolves suffered three defeats on the bounce, scoring just one goal and conceding seven to Manchester City and West Ham United, while the Carabao Cup ended at the earliest stage in a 1-0 loss to Stoke City at Molineux. October for late September's disappointments, October couldn't have been much different for Wolves as they went the entire month without tasting defeat, ending in a performance against Crystal Palace that saw the team purring and brought the positive vibes back to Molineux. The 4-0 loss to West Ham looked to have been a wake-up call for many among the Wolves camp and they invited a struggling Fulham outfit to the black country. Neto was the man to have unlocked a stubborn cottager's defence after Jimenez had rattled the post, and two weeks later Wolves were back at it again, but this time it was the Mexican who scored the winner in a narrow away victory at Leeds United, who were back in the top flight following a 16-year absence. Having dominated for much of the game, a late Jacob Murphy equaliser for Newcastle United denied Wolves the chance to record a 100% record during the month after a stunning Jimenez goal had looked to have secured all three points for his side. But the month ended with arguably the best performance of the season to that point as Ryan Aitnuri notched on his debut and Daniel Pedence continued his scoring record against Palace to earn the three points, winning Nuno the Manager of the Month award in the process. November Having played almost two matches a week following the Premier League restart in June, November was an unusual time for Wolves as they stepped out just three times within the entire month. The first few months of the season were all interrupted by international breaks, and for the Wolves squad this is a chance for players to achieve their personal dreams and milestones in what became an unprecedented period for the club. During this time, Wolves saw almost all of their senior squad called up for international duty, with Conor Cody, Adama Traore, Daniel Pedence, Pedro Neto, Willy Bolly and Owen Otisoe all making their debuts for their countries. Back in the Premier League and it was a mixed month on the pitch for Wolves as a 1-0 defeat to Leicester City was followed up by a score draw with Southampton. But what could become one of the most defining games of the season took place on the penultimate day of the month as Wolves travelled to the Emirates to take on Arsenal. But within the first five minutes of the match, talismanic forward Raul Jimenez clashed heads with David Luiz, leaving the Mexican unconscious. Jimenez had to be taken to hospital, where it was discovered he had fractured his skull and required surgery. In his absence, Wolves rallied and were able to put in an inspirational showing to earn their first victory at Arsenal in 41 years. December Wolves couldn't have asked for a trickier start to December as they had to travel to Anfield to take on Liverpool in their first match without Raul Jimenez. In a night which saw supporters return to Premier League grounds for the first time since Covid shut down football in March, it was one to forget for all in gold and black. 
a 4-0 defeat to the reigning Premier League champions who were boosted by 2,000 spectators in the cop, left much to be desired from Nuno's men. Despite the result, Wolves had still begun the season incredibly, earning accolades and plaudits for their best start to a top-flight season in several decades. As the new year approaches, there is optimism that 2021 will bring new hope for many people across the world, and although the past 12 months have been difficult, it's also been a period of immense success for Wolves. Long may it continue. It's now time to take a look at our visitors for today's fixture. They are Tottenham Hotspur. This is the feature we call Before They Arrived. Telepathic Relationship There are few more prolific partnerships than that of Heung-Min Son and Harry Kane right now. The duo set each other up for 11 goals in the opening 11 matches this season. The division's all-time record is 36 combinations, set by Frank Lampard and Didier Drogba and few would bet against the Spurs duo claiming that record this term. Life on the road Tottenham's record away from home after the first five games was the best since 1991 and played a massive part in their flying start to the new season. Spurs took 13 points from the 15 available away from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, including a 5-2 success at Southampton and 6-1 at Manchester United. Back in favour Two of the first names on Jose Mourinho's team sheet this season have been Eric Dyer and Tangi Ndombele. Yet a year ago, both looked out of favourite Spurs. Dyer, formerly a midfielder, now looks at home in defence, while Ndombele's performances are on their way to justifying the large price tag which took him from Lyon in 2019. Doc's return. Matt Doherty played more than 300 times for Wolves, but tonight lines up against the old gold for the first time since 2010 with Bohemians in a pre-season friendly. The Irishman won two promotions with Wolves and proved a great servant before his move to North London in the summer. We'll now take a look at the stats for both teams, starting with the appearances column. For Wolves, Rui Patricio has started every game with 14 appearances. Connor Cody, Daniel Pedence and Pedro Neto have all made 13 starts. For Spurs, Harry Kane, Song Hyung Min and Hugo Lloris have all made 14 starts, as well as new signing Pierre-Emile Hoybier, who started every match so far. In the goals column, Son Heung-min is the man to watch for Spurs. He has 11 goals, while Harry Kane has 9. For Wolves, Raul Jimenez is still the club's top scorer this season in the Premier League, but he's now joined by Pedro Neto, who also has 4. Daniel Pedence has 3. In terms of assists, the runaway leader for both teams is Harry Kane, with 10 assists to his name. Son Heung-min also has 4. For Wolves, meanwhile, it's Daniel Pedence and Pedro Neto who lead the way in the assist column with two apiece. The last meeting between these two sides was in March at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It ended in a famous Wolves victory. Three goals to two, Bergvine and Aurier scored for Spurs, whereas Doherty, Jota and Jimenez got the goals for the old gold. The head-to-head record looks like this. In terms of matches between the two sides, it runs as follows. Tottenham 2, Wolves 3. Wolves 1, Tottenham 2. And Tottenham 1, Wolves 3. Wolves' last three fixtures have looked like this. Wolves 0, Villa 1. Wolves 2, Chelsea 1. And Burnley 2, Wolves 1. 
For Spurs in the Premier League, Crystal Palace 1, Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1 and Tottenham 0, Leicester 2. What about the managers? Well, this is Nuno's record against Tottenham. He's faced Spurs four times with two wins and two defeats. Jose Mourinho, meanwhile, has only faced Wolves three times. He's got a win, a draw and a defeat to his name. In terms of the all-time stats, it's Spurs who have the advantage with this one, with 48 wins to their name and 29 to Wolves. There have been 20 draws. Time now to take a look at the Tottenham Hotspur key cogs, the Tottenham spine that makes Jose Mourinho's side tick. And we start with the number one, Hugo Lloris. Tottenham captain Hugo Lloris has enjoyed a strong start to the season, keeping five clean sheets in Spurs' opening 11 matches. The 33-year-old is in his ninth season at White Hart Lane after joining from French side Lyon in 2012. Lloris won the ultimate honour in 2018 when he captained France to their second-ever World Cup victory. Number 4, Alderweireld. Now in his sixth season at Tottenham, Toby Alderweireld is a rock at the back for Jose Mourinho, but also boasts an impressive ability to play out from defence. The 31-year-old has more than 100 Belgium caps to his name and has now forged a solid partnership alongside Eric Dyer at the heart of the Spurs' defence. Number 7, Son. South Korean international Hyungmin Son has lit up the Premier League so far this campaign by scoring 11 goals and setting up four in his games so far. Son's two-footedness, composure in front of goal and blistering pace is key to making Tottenham unbelievably dangerous on the counter-attack. He's been a Spurs player since joining from Bayer Leverkusen in 2015. Number 10, Kane. England captain Harry Kane has always been an incredible goalscorer. His Premier League record of 151 goals in 221 games speaks for itself. However, this season Kane's played in a false nine role, dropping deeper to receive possession before playing sensational passes through to the likes of Son, who has been the beneficiary of eight of Kane's ten assists so far. Finally, in our preview of Tottenham Hotspur, this is the Scout Report as we delve into Tottenham's style of play with Charlie Eccleshare of The Athletic. Style of play. It depends on who they're playing against, Charlie says. When they play the top teams, they like to sit deep and break quickly on the counter, with Harry Kane dropping into the number 10 position and playing balls through to Heung-Min Son and Steven Bergvine. Tonight's approach. I think Wolves won't want to be too open and I think Spurs will be happy to sit deep and try and hit them on the break. They won't want to push forward too much and risk leaving space for the likes of Adama Traore to run in behind. The plan will be to allow Wolves to have more of the ball, hope they overcommit and leave gaps for Son to run in and exploit. Main man. You kind of want to give this as a joint title for Kane and Son, but I'll go for Kane. Now he's probably in the best form that he's been in for Tottenham. He's scoring and setting up so many goals, and the link-up that he has with Son is deadly. Wary of. Traore is always such a threat. Last season he was up against Jan Vertonghen, who was playing out of position, and he gave him a torrid time at left-back. He also scored a wonder goal, and he's good enough to destroy any team in the Premier League, so stopping him will be paramount. Match winner. Son has scored 10 goals in 11 Premier League games as we speak, which is an extraordinary record. He can make things out of nothing like he did against Arsenal when he picked the ball up from around the halfway line and within a few touches he was approaching goal. He cuts in with the ball and he's capable of scoring with either foot, which makes him deadly. 
Charlie's also shared the lineup that he expects Spurs to play. It has Hugo Lloris in goal, Serge Aurier at right back with Alderweireld and Dyer, the centre-backs. Region will play at left back, according to Charlie. The two holding midfielders are Musa Sissoko and Pierre-Emile Hoybier, with Bergwijn and Dombele and Son all supporting the main man, Harry Kane. It's time for the 11 versus 11 quiz now, and we end the year 2020 with a real challenge. A game from the 27th of January 1996 at White Hart Lane. Can you work out the lineups from this famous FA Cup match between Wolves and Spurs from the clues that we've provided? Here's the Tottenham 11. In goal, number one, capped four times for England over eight years. Two, right back. Managed Northampton Town in 2018. 5. Centre-back. Helped Swindon from 3rd Division to Premier League. 23. Centre-back. Left Spurs for rivals Arsenal in the summer of 2001. 3. Left-back. Led Leighton Orient to the 2018-19 National League title. 7. Right midfield. Represented Montserrat at international level. Number 6. Centre-midfield won the 1983-84 UEFA Cup whilst at Spurs. 20. Centre midfield. Captained England to the 1993 UEFA under-18 Euros. Number 15. Left midfield. Became a supply teacher in Essex after retiring. Number 11. Up front. First Premier League player to receive a doping ban. And number 10. Also striker. Millwall's second all-time leading goalscorer. Now for Wolves, in goal, number one, made 441 appearances during 11 years at Molyneux. Number two, right back, uncle of England and Spurs fullback Danny Rose. Number four, centre back, won the 1988 FA Cup with Wimbledon. Number six, centre back, ended his playing career with Spurs in 2005. Number three, left back, inducted into the Wolves Hall of Fame in 2017. Number seven, right midfield, lifted the Premier League title with Blackburn. Number five, centre midfield, coached New Zealand at the 2012 Olympics. Number ten, central midfield, Premier League winner whilst at Man United. Number eleven, left midfield, had a short-lived managerial stint at Margate. Number eight, striker, won the 1985 third division title with Bradford. Number nine, striker, scored 18 hat-tricks while in golden black. Well, there's your clues. Good luck. And answers, as ever, will come at the end of the programme. We heard from our skipper, Connor Cody, at the start of the programme. Now he answers some more hypothetical questions as we play Fantasy Football with Connor Cody. We asked Connor, if you could play in one game from history, which would it be? Connor said... I would probably say 2005 Istanbul Champions League final. If you could live the life of one teammate for one day, who would you choose? Connor says, Ruben Neves. He has everything. He's a boy wonder. He has the world at his feet. Plays for Portugal. Plays with Ronaldo. What a man. If you cooked food for the team after training, what would you cook? Connor says, Francesinha. It's a Portuguese sandwich and it has everything on it. Ruben cooks it for us and hopefully he'll teach me how to cook it. If you could change one thing in your career so far, what would it be? Connor says, to be quicker. I wish I was faster because I'm quite slow. 
If your life was turned into a movie, which actor would you like to play you? Connor says, do you know who I love? Ben Stiller. He's just dead funny. If you could grant Wolves one wish, what would it be? To win the Premier League. If you could play at one stadium you've not before, which would you choose? Connor says, Roman Saez is always talking about stadiums and he says Marseille Stadium is incredible, so I would like to experience playing there. If you were a Wolves fan for a day, which player's name would you have on the back of your shirt? Connor says, Ruben Neves. If you could play in one derby match from anywhere, what would it be? Connor says, I've not had the pleasure of playing in this one yet, Wolves against West Brom, so I'm looking forward to that, but from anywhere in the world, it would be Barca versus Real. And finally, if you could have played under any captain from the past, who would you pick? Connor picked Roy Keane. A Premier League double over Tottenham Hotspur was one to savour for Wolves in 2010 and for Adeline Guadiura, the 1-0 success at Molyneux represented the start of his journey in the West Midlands. On the 10th of February 2010, the Algerian was thrown into the heart of the Wolves midfield amidst a relegation battle and came to the fore with a stirring performance as Mick McCarthy's side recorded a vital victory thanks to a fine team goal finished off by Dave Jones. Here's a section of Adeline's interview as part of the Old Gold Club podcast where he talks about his golden game. Well, this is your golden game. It is the 10th of February, 2010, your first Wolves start, coming off the back of a late turnaround at Birmingham where the team had had led for a long time and then lost that local derby. Do you remember from the time whether Mick was kind of saying to you, because you mentioned the fact that the team hadn't won since December, really. It had been a really bad run. Was Mick saying to you that he wanted you to go out and do something different for the team or play your normal game? Or did he just think you could slot in in what they were doing? To be honest, he... he present me really well like he make me he give me confidence he say look do what you know to do like try to understand when we have the ball what to do when we don't have the ball so he put me very in a, in a good path you know and and uh, after i had to think to do well for him in a way so to give him back that and uh, and yeah he, even though he, with the with the, the assistant coach uh, tc it was it was the same he explained more in details but Mick, very, uh, very, I liked what Mick said to me. And after I went and I said, I go all in. Because <laughs> uh, we mentioned the weather beforehand. It was yeah. it was pretty cold that night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very cold. I think it was one of the uh, coldest uh, winter since I've been uh, in U- in UK. And, uh, and I think, yeah. You go there, you have to warm up well, but you don't even feel anything because you were like, I was more focused on the game. So what's happened around and even about the weather and I think you don't even care because it was the first game actually. Because what what goes through your mind in a game like that? Because I've talked to a lot of ex-players who talk about kind of what Molyneux is like to them and the kind of the noise that comes from it and and sometimes the pressure that you can feel playing there to be honest i was really impressed really impressed because uh, even in belgium if i played against teams like underlegged or standard Liège, which have a, 
lot of fans. It's not like Molineux. It's nothing to compare to Molineux, and especially for for the first time, you know. And uh, I think I don't know because it was cold, so they did they did more noise, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but I, it was really impressive, and and when I went there and I saw this, I was like uh, thrilled. I wanted to to give even more because this uh, support. Uh, during that day, it was amazing. And this game is memorable mainly for one of the best goals, team goals, that mm -hmm. I think I've ever seen. 18 passes in the move for David Jones' goal. Yeah. No, it was it was incredible. I think when you when you see that game uh, fully, you can see that we had the desire, we had the, the passion and we were really focused to 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 win that game, and what you can see as well is the uh, the cohesion of the whole team. We were all on the same uh, same uh, same same path, and and this goal show actually everything on it. You know, this goal is like a, a resume of uh, of what happened that day, actually. And if you'd like to hear that full interview with Adeline Gediora, and we, of course, highly recommend it, follow The Old Gold Club on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To finish each programme this season, we've asked some of The Old Gold's famous faces to compile their Dream Wolves eleven. The teams can be made up of any player from any era, and they don't have to be the best of their time, just special to those who've chosen them. In the hot seat this week is legendary Wolves striker and double League Cup winner John Richards. John's playing a 4-3-1-2 formation and starts with his goalkeeper, Burt Williams. John says, Phil Parks and Matt Murray came close but I had to go with Burt. No Wolves team compares to the 50s side and he was a key cog in that team. England goalkeeper, Wolves goalkeeper, he won the lot. Right back, Connor Cody. So impressive in recent years, a natural leader and the sort of player you want leading your team, John says. Connor is well up there with Mike Bailey and Billy Wright as the club's greatest captains and on his way to being an all-time Wolves great. Right centre-back, Billy Wright. John says Billy picks himself, probably the best and most famous footballer Wolves have ever had at a time when Wolves had so many great players. England captain for 80 times and a shoe-in as far as I'm concerned. Left centre-back. Ron Flowers. John says, Another England international and part of the 1966 World Cup winning squad, Ron was big, blonde and a giant of a player in defence. He captained the club after Billy retired and he was a formidable defender. Left back, Derek Parkin. The record appearance holder for Wolves and for me, Derek's an automatic pick for this position, John says. He was quality personified, as skillful as anyone you could find and a beautiful player. Right midfield, Kenny Hibbett. Neves and Carr come close, but because of his goal-scoring ability, I've gone with Kenny. He could break wide, cut inside, left foot, right foot. He'd score from anywhere with some stunning goals. Absolutely quality. Defensive midfield, Mike Bailey. My captain, a quality captain, and another shoe-in for me. He led the team that won the League Cup, reached the UEFA Cup final, and Mike was the heartbeat of the team, a natural leader and top-quality player. Left midfield, Peter Knowles. Even though Peter left shortly after I joined, John says, all the people whose opinions I respected told me he was as good and had more potential than any other player. He had arrogance, ability and would light up a match. Attacking midfield, P. 
Peter Broadbent. John says, another one of those players who would change a game with his skill. He'd take people on and create chances for everyone else. With solid players in Mike, Billy and Ron behind him, Peter would run riot. Right forward, Raul Jimenez. Such a hard choice, John says, but Raul is total quality. I would have loved to play alongside him because as well as scoring goals, he holds up the ball so well and creates for others. He gives a team that focal point and has so much skill. I'd pay a lot of money to watch him and Bully together. And therefore the left forward, Steve Ball. When you have quality and strength, what every team needs is a natural goalscorer, and Bully was the most raw and instinctive Wolves ever had. Even when he wasn't playing well, he'd still score goals, and in this team, he'd be unstoppable. As promised earlier, here are the answers to the 11 versus 11 quiz, starting with Spurs, 1 Walker, 2 Austin, 5 Calderwood, 23 Campbell, 3 Edinburgh, 7 Fox, 6 Mabbott, 20 Caskey, 15 Wilson, 11 Armstrong and 10 Sheringham. For Wolves, it was 1 Stowell, 2 Rankin, 4 Young, 6 Richards, 3 Thompson, 7 Atkins, 5 Emblen, 10 Ferguson, 11 Osborne, 8 Goodman, Nine Bull. Almost time to end, but before we do, we'll run you through the two squads for both teams ahead of tonight's match, starting with Tottenham Hotspur. Number one, Ugo Lloris. Two, Matt Doherty. Three, Sergio Reguillon. Four, Toby Alderweireld. Five, Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Six, Davinson Sanchez. Seven, Hyung Min Son. Eight, Harry Winks. Nine, Gareth Bale. 10, Harry Kane, 11, Eric Lamella, 12, Joe Hart, 14, Joe Rodon, 15, Eric Dyer, 17, Musa Sissoko, 18, Giovanni Lo Celso, 20, Deli Alley, 22, Paolo Gazaniga, 23, Stephen Bergwine, 24, Serge Aurier, 25, Jafet Tanganga, 27, Lucas Moura, 28, Tangi Andombele, 30, Gedson Fernandez, 33, Ben Davies, 41, Alfie Whiteman, 45, Carlos Vinicius, and 47, Jack Clark. And the Wolves squad, 2, Kiana Hoover, 3, Ryan Aidnuri, 5, Fernando Marcel, 7, Pedro Neto, 8, Ruben Neves, 9, Raul Jimenez, 10, Daniel Pedence, 11, Rui Patricio, 15, Willy Bolly, 16, Connor Cody, 17, Fabio Silva, 19, Johnny Otto, 20, Virginia, 21, John Ruddy, 22, Nelson Semedo, 27, Roman Seiss, 28, Joao Machinio, 32, Leander Dandonka, 37, Adama Traore, 49, Max Kilman, and 59, Oscar Burr. And that's it for this week's edition of the Wolverhampton Wanderers programme. We hope you've enjoyed it. It's our last programme of the year for 2020. So all that's left to say is a very happy Christmas, have a great new year, and enjoy the match. The giant is stirring. The dream is 